Hello, and thank you for listening to this Fun Board Council podcast. This is a 15 minute excerpt of our longer podcasts, and the full podcasts are available exclusively to Fun Board Council members via their member portal. If you like what you hear and you'd like to find out more about membership, please do contact us via our website at funboards.org. In the meantime, happy listening. Welcome. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. I'm here with Shift and Asia, um, FBC's uh, CEO. Um, and many of, many of you will know, uh, particularly if you're corporate members of FBC, that each year um, we conduct a, a detailed whole of market analysis of ACD boards across the industry in the UK, uh, which we call the FBC database. Um, and in the time that we're all going to be together um, for this meeting, uh, we're going to share with you some of the findings of that analysis uh, from 2023 and some um, key takeaways and themes that we hope will be interesting and insightful um, for all of you as you think about the composition of your own boards and some of the questions that, that come with that whole topic of structure and, and composition. Um, so the plan for this meeting is that I'm going to kick off with a little bit of background to the analysis and explain sort of how we how we've brought it together. Um, and then Shiv is going to talk you through a few slides that will set out uh, some of the key findings from this year's research. Um, and then we're going to put that uh, data in some context of some of the key themes and uh, discussions that we're having with with many of you, with many of our corporate members as it relates to board composition. And as always, we're very keen to hear from uh, from all of you. So if you have any questions or comments um, as we go through the slides or the discussion, uh, please do put them in the Q&A box below and uh, we'll do our best to answer as many of them or address as many of them as we can towards the end of the session. So let me just start with a little bit of background to the FBC database. Um, I think we all know that the whilst the FCA, the regulator, has been very clear on its expectations around certain aspects of board composition, for example, um, the number of INEDs, uh, the its expectations around seniority on these boards, um, the diversity that it would like to see. Beyond that, it has understandably left um, uh, firms to think about the optimum size and composition of, it, of their own ACD boards. And, and that's clearly left a lot of firms with many ongoing things to think about. So uh, not least, the executive representation that they have on these boards, um, the fun, the skills, the experience, um, the functions that are represented uh, across both executives and also the sort of skills and experience uh, that, that INEDs bring. Also topics like the role of the SMF9 and increasingly the SMF1. Um, uh, that'll be something that will come up in our discussion today and in subsequent meetings that we're holding as FBC. Uh, and of course, this whole question of independence on fund boards, and we'll be exploring uh, those and some others in, in our session today. Um, I said earlier that the database is a whole of market analysis, and, and it really is that. It covers uh, over 80 ACD boards in the UK, both internal and uh, independent host ACDs. Um, and that means around 500 independent and executive directors and chairs are covered in the analysis, um, over 200 of whom are independent. Um, so we feel it's a really comprehensive data set, data set from which to to draw insights and and um, and perspectives that we hope will be helpful uh, to all of you. 
Um, more generally, this data is available. We we use this data internally to help inform our discussions um, that we have with you uh, to help you think through the composition and makeup of your own ACD board. So if this is a topic that is close to your heart or something that you're, you're um, having discussions around internally, please do get in touch with us and we'd be uh, delighted to see if we can bring some of that data to bear on those discussions. So that's the background. Uh, let's get on with seeing what the data uh, is telling us about ACD boards today. Uh, Shiv, let me hand over to you. Thank you, Catherine. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on this uh, meeting. <laughs> so as Catherine said, uh, we've covered the whole of market. But before we talk about the data or the database, I just want to spend a minute talking about the ACD board or the authorized corporate director as it's more as it's officially known and just how far it's come these past four or five years. And if you think about just what the people, the men and women who serve on these boards represent, you know, all, almost two trillion pounds of assets of mutual fund assets. Uh, they're the guardians are governance guardians, as we sometimes call them. And just the sort of role that these boards had prior to 2019 and prior to the market study and before the need for assessment of value, before the need for uh, to have at least two independent directors, et cetera, et cetera. This board and the people who serve on this board have come a really long way. I mean, the mere fact that we're having this conversation today and the fact that we discuss these sort of things and we do this analysis, I think stands reason to how important not just the role of the board is, uh, but as a result, uh, the composition of the board, and as Catherine rightly pointed out, there's not a lot of guidance and there's not a lot of prescription on several aspects of um, the composition of boards, and we'll talk about some of those as we go through. So without wanting to repeat uh, what Catherine talked about, this is whole of market, it's over 80 boards, 500 directors, 200 non-executive directors, 40% uh, independent versus 60% executive. Uh, females overall represent about 32% of uh, directors, significantly higher as a proportion of independent directors, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the average size of a fund board, uh, I was, Catherine and I were in Luxembourg last week, and we got very confused with our terminology of fund boards and the European terminology of mancos. These are actually mancos, these are not fund boards, but we've just gotten so used to calling them fund boards because they represent the mutual funds of the business that they supervise, we, we use fund boards. But in actual fact, the management company boards, because they represent, in most cases, all of the mutual funds, and in many cases, much more than just that. They act as an AFIM for the investment trust business and such like. Um, the average size, as I said, is about six, but about 40% of them have more than six directors. Some of them go as much as eight or nine, uh, but the average is six and some are slightly less than that. Uh, there, there aren't too many less than four, I think, if memory serves. We talked about the male and female composition. So, something we may want to pick up on, Catherine, when we do our themes discussion later on is just this whole... Why is it that such a large proportion of the independent directors, and this is not just for the UK, by the way, this is true of all of the jurisdictions that we look at. Why is it that such a large proportion of them are from the domicile of where the boards are? The UK has no restrictions. It has no residency requirements. You, you, you can pick directors from anywhere that you like, unlike in Ireland and Luxembourg, which actually do have some form of requirements. Uh, I think in Ireland, it's a case of you need to have at least two independent directors who are Irish-based. In Luxembourg, there are some other sorts of restrictions. In the UK, we have none. And yet there is this fantastic dominance of UK 
directors. We do have a small proportion of directors uh, who are based in other jurisdictions. Uh, and I think this is a real lost opportunity and maybe something we can pick up on um, later on. So one of the things that we spent quite a lot of time talking about, because the regulator has spent so much time thinking about this and talking about it, but not actually putting it in pen to paper, is just the role of the independent chair and how that's developed over these last four or five years. So there is no requirement for a board, a fund board in the UK to have an independent chair. But we know all too well that the regulator has been very keen to see more of the boards that have executive chairs move to independent chairs. And that's reflected in our data. So as of our latest data, 80% of those boards that have a chair, that's an interesting conversation in and of itself, because not all of them have a chair, uh, are now non-exec. And that figure has grown in recent years and has grown quite substantially this past 12 months. Again, I think a point we should come back to, Catherine, to talk a little bit about, because it's not a case of non-exec is great and exec is bad. I think it's a much more nuanced discussion, and we should probably talk a little bit about that uh, when we get uh, when we get a minute. Um, there's a few other bits and pieces on the slide which sort of talk about the proportion of females versus males, females significantly smaller in proportion when it comes to chairs uh, versus males, uh, and especially um, in the smallish executive cohort, there are, I think, next to none or, or extremely few um, women who chair the board. So the women who represent the on, on these boards tend to be not as senior as the, as the men do. And now that's starting to change, but may, maybe not as quickly as some as some would like. Um, as I say, I think there are a few things on the role of the chair that we might want to come back and pick up on. So on average, so the rule says, the one rule that, that, that does exist from uh, the regulator in the market study of 2019, that you must have at least two independent directors on your ACD or if you have more than eight, then they need to represent one quarter of your board. And unsurprisingly, the proportion, the average is about 2.4. It's slightly higher for the host, uh, the independent ACDs. But in general, most boards have, have tended to stay close to that uh, minimum requirement. Although there are examples of boards, and, uh, and not just one or two, who have three, and in, in some cases they have four, and in some cases, I think just one or two, there is a majority non-exec presence on that board. But as I say, that that tends to be a very small number. I think it's in amongst the independent director cohort that we've seen the biggest uplift between uh, the genders. So prior to 2019, the proportion of females on uh, non-executive females on fund boards was under 20%. I think it was about 18% in 2018, 2019. That figure has gone up to 40%. So in the last five years, it's it's doubled. Um, but it's still it's still not it's still not equal to the male uh, the male counterpart. If you if you exclude the role of the chair, you then have forty five percent female versus fifty five percent male. Uh, so that's sort of where we've seen where we've seen quite a substantial uh, growth in um, in females versus males. But I suspect that comes to some extent as a counterbalance, and we'll talk a bit more about this again a little later on, to the fact that in the executive cohort, it tends to be very male-dominated. So when you're trying to balance out the gender proportions on these boards, as many boards have done these past uh, three or four years, they've tended to focus more, or it's been easier, seemingly, uh, to recruit uh, amongst the female cohort for your non-exec portion, whereas what's tended to happen is that that transition amongst the executives has been slightly less um, strong, if that's the right way of um, describing it. Um, 
there's probably one other point I'd like to make, especially for those uh, independent directors or aspirant directors or both, actually. Unlike in the investment trust world or unlike in Europe on the continent, there has not been much of a trend of having multiple roles for uh, independent directors on ACDs. So this is a non-executive director who sits on more than one ACD. Now, within a group, you may have multiple roles. You may sit on the ACD board, you may serve on committees, you may indeed sit on another board, whether it's a pension board or, or some other. But ACD to ACD, it's less than 10%. In fact, it's only about 7% that, that we see independent directors have more than uh, have more than one role. Now, there are one or two people, and it is literally one or two people, who have as many as three or four. But as I say, that's a very small proportion. Um, and again, we can talk a little bit about why that is. And I think there's an interesting discussion about how that the rationale for that has changed. Now, obviously, the independent directors make a very strong case of saying why it's very good for them and not just for them, but for the boards they serve on if they have the if they sit on multiple boards, because obviously they're able to bring multiple sets of experiences to bear. Uh, the executives and the recruiting boards tend to take a slightly different view. And maybe we can talk a bit about that. Uh, and just then finally, one one last slide, Suzanne, if we can go to the next one. Um, the executive director piece of it's a really important one. And I know we tend to focus a lot on the independent uh, piece of it, but I think the role the executive directors play, and, and, and I know, Catherine, you've got a few points to make on this, which we'll talk about in a, in, in a minute. So two key points that I want to make. One is the seniority of executives has risen over the last four or five years, recognizing the importance of this board and the role that this board plays. So that's one good thing, although there are some issues around that as well. The other is, from a functional standpoint, it's tended to focus very much around, and as you can see on the data here, it's tended to focus very much around three or four key functional areas, operations, portfolio management, business development, uh, areas uh, as opposed to you're not likely to see somebody from HR or marketing or uh, even product which is interesting product is represented but not as not as highly as one might have thought um, um we've talked a bit about the fact that there this this group of people the executives are highly dom uh, the the male component is highly dominant um SMF one's a bit like SMF nine so the SMF one designation is the CEO on the board not the CEO of the company, the CEO of the board. Again, it's not every board has a CEO or, or has an SMF1 designation, just as much as not every board has a SMF9 designation, which is interesting when you think about it, because if you think about corporate boards or PLC boards or boards in, you know, in the broader marketplace, you can't not have a chair and you can't not have a CEO. Uh, whereas these product subsidiary boards are, are set up slightly differently. It's not a requirement for you to have a designated chair and a designated CEO, although some boards tend to rotate it. Uh, from board meeting to board meeting, although I'm not entirely sure that's such a good idea. So let's just run through some of the points that I think um, came out of those slides, because there's, there's no shortage of points to pick up on there. And then we'll, we'll come to some of the questions that are coming through. Um, one of the aspects, so you rightly talked towards the end there about um, uh, the sort of functional representation of executives. And there's some really interesting points there around the roles that are being represented on the board. I know the data also showed some quite interesting trends around movement of ex of executive directors and and the sort of typical annual turnover that we're seeing of around of around twenty percent, as in people coming off the board, people going onto the board, et cetera. Now that seemed at, at first glance to be a relatively high figure, and I wondered if you sort of felt so too, and if so, you know, what reasons there might be for that kind of level of turnover. 
So we color coded the directors who left the boards and we color coded the directors who joined the boards. And when I first looked at that data set, I was horrified how seemingly large that number was. We hoped you enjoyed that uh, 15 minute excerpt. If you did and you'd like to find out more about how you can access the full recording uh, or about FBC membership in general, please contact us via our website at funboards.org.